0: All right. Good evening. It's great. So far, I've met some of you, and I'm looking forward to meeting more of you as the week goes on, Lord willing. I wanted to let you know that there are many across the world that are praying for you guys tonight, and they've been letting us know all day that they're holding us up and they're holding you guys up, asking the Lord to move. And uh, that's really our prayer. Scott's been talking and will be talking all weekend about intimacy with the Lord. And I got to just say, there's nothing like it. Uh, if you've never tasted that, uh, you're missing out. If you have tasted that and, and it's kind of, you're in a dry place right now. Oh, please, please come back. Come back. The Lord wants you to walk with him to, intimately, to know him, to enjoy him. And um, I jotted down some things. Scott mentioned it already. Uh, but I wanted to share with you some thoughts that kind of struck me this morning, is that for me, he mentioned uh, God doing a work in my life, really a, a radical transformation, I think he said. And that was one year ago yesterday that that actually happened. And so if you go one year and um, two days ago, um, I was a different person. And so God has really been at work in Dan Williams, doing what I couldn't do in myself, and um, I'm praising the Lord for that. I, I look forward to telling you um, all the ways tonight and then also some of the ways in this. And tomorrow I'll tell you a little bit about what he's been doing over this last year um, since since he began that work. Um, so it was one year ago yesterday where what I really, the way that I can explain it is that the Lord grabbed me by the hand and he just drew me close to him. And then, as he when he drew me close, he he basically was saying, "Dan, are are you ready to follow me wholeheartedly? Wholeheartedly." You know, I I, I have three kids, and um, with the two older ones, oftentimes I grab their hand and I pull them close, and I gently say, "That's not how we behave, right?" Or um, give them instruction, but it's it's tender, it's gentle, um, and thankfully. And lovingly, that's how our Father is with us. That's how He was with me. And it, and it was, um, a difficult three weeks when that began. When I went through three weeks of God just stripping away things in my life that had, that shouldn't have been there. Things in my life that separated me, that, that made me complacent, that made me apathetic, made me self-reliant, self-indulgent. And he was just stripping those away, and it was so it would happen. And then, I'd, oh, that was painful, Lord. That was humiliating, and and then we'd go a few days, and it would be like he would he would build me back up, and then he'd identify something else, and he'd grab a hold of it and rip it out. Oh Lord, that was painful. That was painful. And but I look back and I go, I would never change any of that. That all that work that he was doing in me. Was wonderful. It was, it was Him setting me free to serve Him, to, to walk with Him, to enjoy Him every day. I'm going to read a verse from Jeremiah chapter 17, and then I'll, I'll get into really where I was and, and where God's brought me. Jeremiah 17, I'm going to read Just verses 5 and 6 here at first. And it starts off, I love this Thus says the Lord. When I see those words, I tune in. I go, okay, this is going to be good. But this is what it says Cursed is the man who trusts in man and makes flesh his strength, whose heart turns away from the Lord. He is like a shrub in the desert. And shall not see any good come. He shall dwell in parched places of the wilderness in an uninhabited salt land. I think that verse, those verses fairly accurately describe where I was in a, in a desert. I was a shrub in a desert is how I felt. And I, I worked in a church. I worked with youth and children. And I and I I worked with uh, young adults and 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 I would teach them how you have a a intimate walk with the Lord and I would tell them all the right things, but my life I didn't go have a prayer time, I I didn't spend long periods of time just enjoying the Word of God, except if I was studying for something or preparing for something it was or if I if I had a great need or a great sorrow, and I was just turning to the Lord in those times of desperation. But just that daily enjoyment of the Lord really was not true in my life. And so um, I I really relate to that verse. And I want to share a few more verses from chapter 17 in a, in a minute. But that's really where I was when I went into the 2017 week of prayer which is something that started about four years ago now, and and I've been invited to many times. You've got to come to this. This guy over here, Scott, invited me to come, and um, I I resisted. I did not want to do that, and and I've I've said this a number of times, and and you may relate to this. I thought that sounds like the most boring thing that anyone could ever do is spend a week in prayer in a little building, and I'd be claustrophobic, and I'd be going crazy, and it just wasn't for me, and I would have all kinds of excuses and reasons why I couldn't do it. So I put Scott off for year one, year two. In year three, I was at a place in my life where I knew that I needed something, and others around me were starting to say, we think you need something. My elders at my church came to me and said, Dan, we think you need a, a retreat, just prior to this coming up. And I knew in my mind, I need to go to the week of prayer. And uh, so we talked about it, and in time, my elders said, you know what, we agree with that. We want to send you to the week of prayer. And they sent me, and um, and that's where God really started to work. So um, when I came into that week, I didn't know this, but it's it's interesting going back this year, uh, one of the men that, that made a big impact in my life he was he was a part of the puzzle, part of the what God was who God was using. But one of those men came up to me and he shook my hand. He had this huge smile on his face. And uh and I said, his name is Mercer. I said, Mercer, you you had a huge impact in my life last year. And he said, No. He said, I was just a piece of the puzzle. God was at work there. And he said, You know, I remember you last year meeting you last year. And he said, I remember thinking, this guy is carrying many burdens. He he's weighted down. Something's he could just see it. He could sense it in, in his spirit. And there was other people who, who say the same thing. And some of my closest friends saw that in me, that dryness, that, um, emptiness. And, and my family, my, my parents saw that in me. My wife saw that in me probably more than anyone. And, um, and Scott saw that in me. People saw that in me. And I thought that no one knew. I thought, I've got this. I'm, I'm a good actor, I guess. And then I thought, that I was kind of hiding this. And, uh, but I was, I was really needing God to do something in me. And, um, so I went in a little bit reluctantly to that week of prayer. I went to Kansas City from Dallas where I was. I went to Kansas City to attend. And even going though, I did, I was fearful because I did not want God to, um, strip away some of the things that I, that I cherished. Some of the things that were, As Scott just spoke about, idols in my life that I, um, cherished and, and so I was afraid of what God might change in me. And, um, you know, I look back at my marriage, I, in 14 years uh, of marriage, I thought, I thought my wife and I are, we're like this, we are close. And, and after that week of prayer and after God worked in me and we were looking and my wife and I were talking about that, I realized that we were, we were not like this. We were, we were like this and we were drifting further apart and, and f- much further apart than, we were further apart than I thought. And, and it was because of me, not because of her. It was because of my choices and, and uh, I was not only not intimate with the Lord, I wasn't intimate with my wife. I didn't spend time with him and I, because of what I'll share in a minute, I, I wasn't spending much time with her. And my kids also were kind of suffering because of, These idols in my life and my ministry was suffering because of these idols in my life. And I was still kind of going through this. I trusted Christ when I was a child. No doubt in my mind that at four years old, I trusted Christ. Simple faith of a child. I've never had doubts of my salvation. I've never gone through that. But um, this was a slow drift for me um, and becoming a much faster drift away from the Lord in the last several years. Um, you know, I listened to a, a video series a while back, and a man named Paul Tripp was talking. He's written a lot of books. But he gave a great picture. He, he said, imagine um, a, a boat that's going upstream, and you've got the motor on and the boat's going upstream. When you turn that motor off, he says... Um, when you turn that motor off, even for a moment, we are carried downstream by the current. And I started thinking about that, and I was like, wow, that was me. That I I, th- I thought that, I thought I'll just kind of coast here for a while. I'll just take it easy. I'm not going to, you know, I'm just, I'm tired. I'm not, I'm just going to coast. I'm good. And I wasn't coasting. I was going backwards. And I was going backwards faster than I thought. And um, I, like many people, and especially men, uh, tend to be pretty proud. And so it was difficult for me, even in this times of struggle, for me to go to anyone and say, hey, I'm really struggling here, I need help. And, um, I, I didn't reach out. Um, when people would ask me, some people did, and, and would say, how are you doing? Um, I would oftentimes either lie, or i would i would try to think well how am i doing well i am i'm i'm okay i'm better than i was i'm getting a little bit better than my prayer times better than it was my i spent more time with the lord this week than i did last week and and so but but scott's asked this question a lot and are you are you are you thriving in your walk with the lord and i was i could say no way that that is not me i'm not thriving at all and and so I had a difficulty going and, and even saying to people, I, I, I need help. I'm kind of off track here. And so let me tell you about the, the first thing that God identified, helped me to see and pointed out. And, and then I started to think about it and I realized that it was a huge idol. It became a huge idol in my life. The first thing that, that became an idol for me was the television. And... Um, It wasn't always that way. I I shared a minute ago. I've been married for almost 15 years now. And my wife is a very loving and patient woman, thankfully. But what I started to do was watch more TV and more TV and more TV. And I look back and I realized that I was coming home from work and watching sometimes six to eight hours of TV a night. Especially during the sports seasons when there was playoffs and football season I would just dive in, and and a lot of times, my entire weekends were filled up with watching football games or whatever it might be. It was just glued to the TV, and my wife is over here, bless her heart, and as tenderly as she could, oftentimes, she was saying, hey, Dan, come spend time with the family. Come spend time with me. She would say, can we do a family devotion? Um, Maybe we should pray together, she would suggest. We just she wanted me to initiate that. Let's, let's pray together. And, and my response to that was really, you're annoying me. I never said those words, but, but that's really my response to her was, can't you see this is an important game right here? This game could make, break, make or break the season for this team that I love. And I got into playing fantasy football. So then I had, I had to watch all the games because I'm invested in all the, teams and I love all of them instead of having one favorite team I have all these teams that I all these players that I need to see and, and it was I was it was like an addiction I could not I had to watch it I couldn't miss it and and uh, imagine you know taking all that time from my family taking all that time from my my wife and and what time was there for the Lord I, I oftentimes said, I'm just too, I'm too tired. I am not a morning person. I can't get up in the morning and spend time with the Lord. I'm well, I can't, you know, I don't have time at night. So, you know, I'll find time during the day and, you know, and, and there was times, there were times when I would, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to really buckle down. I'm going to get back and get right with the Lord. And I'd spend a good amount of time with him. And then it might not happen again where I would just really enjoy the Lord for maybe days, weeks. I just would go back to watching TV, and um, and so my wife was neglected, my kids were neglected, my many friendships were neglected, and worst of all, I, I neglected the Lord for quite a while. It, it, I didn't immediately start watching six hours, of, eight hours of TV at night, but it toward the end there it got to be that that bad where I was just glued to the TV, and so it's like, okay, it's time to eat. All right, we'll eat over here. And, So I'd be eating dinner at the table, and my wife is just fuming, going, "Are you kidding me? You just you watch three hours, and you came to the table. You can't turn it off for half an hour to have dinner with the family." And oh man, I look back at I was so so selfish. There's really no other way to say it. I was I was selfish, and I didn't have time for the Lord, like I like I needed. Like I look back now, and I go, man, how many wasted hours? How many wasted years when I could have been growing in my knowledge of the word, when I could have been growing in my enjoyment of the savior? Uh, There's no one I love more than Christ, but if Christ were to, if you were to talk with him and say, tell me about your relationship with Dan a year ago, if you would have asked that question, he would have said, well, we don't really have much of a relationship because he's, he never comes to talk to me. He does. He just doesn't do it. I mean, when he wants something, he'll come. He'll come quickly, and he'll say, "Oh Lord, give me, give me, give me." So that was me. That's where I was, and um, it was, it was a, it was a tough place to be. I was, I missed the Lord, and I missed that intimacy with Him, and yet I felt somewhat powerless to change that, and I wanted joy in my life. But I did not want to let go of those things. And so that, that week of prayer rolled, rolled, rolled along and, and I had one of the men come up to me and say, Hey, let's have coffee in the morning. And I'm thinking, okay. And he's, and I didn't know at the time, but he, he told me when I first met you or when I, when we first started talking, he said, I knew that, that there was, there was something not right there with you and the Lord. And he said, I just, he just, I knew it. So he, he had invited me to, coffee, and we went to coffee and sat down, and, and he starts to say, you know, what, what What do you struggle with? I was like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm not going to reveal anything, so, I'm, you know, keeping him at arm's distance, you know, like, you know, the, the, the usual stuff, you know, we have here, and he said, you know what my struggle is, is I, I uh, for many years, just would watch so much TV, and I'm going, <laughs> okay, yeah, uh, well, so, you know, he started it, so I'm like, oh yeah, you know, that, that can be a problem for me too. And, and then God was using that to convict me and to really, that's, at that point, that's when I really started to evaluate this television in my, in my house and going, wow, I can't believe how much time I spend in front of that. And it, and it was the next day that, that, that was a year ago where, when God really just brought me down to my knees. And that's really what happened, on my knees, broken before the Lord in this room full of people, just going, oh, Lord, I don't want to live like that anymore. I don't want to live empty and dry. And and yet coming to church and sometimes at youth events and trying to be like, yeah, let's get all pumped up for the Lord. And being completely dead inside, almost, not completely, but just going, this is all fake. It's a fake emotion to try to get people pumped up. And um, so I began to confess sin to the Lord. I began to, it was real intimate time, just me, me and the Lord oftentimes. There were some things that I confessed at the week of prayer, but really spending time with the Lord. And so that next night, which would have been a Thursday night, at the end of that day, that whole day I was just, Loving this prayer, this week of prayer, and I was like, "This is amazing! I've never, never had anything where I'd spend so much time in prayer." And I just, I went to Mike Atwood, which many of you know. I went to Mike, and I said, "Mike, I said, I don't want to leave this room. God is here in this building." And he said, "Dan, he said, go home. We have more praying to do tomorrow." And I was like, "Oh, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to leave." I think this was Wednesday night, so I, okay, so I go, I go back. And I laid down in bed at, at my hotel, and I was just praying and praying until I fell asleep. And I woke up in the morning, and I was praying. And I'm like, this never happens for me. I'm not, what is going on, Lord? i like, this is exciting. So I raced back to the church, have another f- full day of prayer Thursday. Same thing that night. I don't want to leave this place. God is in this place. Something about this. And, but over time, I started to realize it, it wasn't that room. It was that I was, I was meeting with God and he was going with me when I went to the hotel and he was going with me when I went home and I was like, I, I have him. I have him. I've neglected him all this time, but he's been right here with me. And it was so cool to see that happen in my life. And, um, I got home. I raced home. I raced home, um, on that Friday after the conference got over. It was an, I, my wife was staying with my parents about an hour from the conference and I just raced home, walked in the door. My wife met me at the door downstairs and I remember saying, honey, I said, you have to forgive me. I have, I've neglected, I've neglected the family. I ha- I've neglected you. I've neglected our kids. I haven't been the spiritual leader that you've asked me to be and you asked me to pray and I would just say, no, I'm not interested. I said, like, I'm going to, we're going to make some changes here. Gonna make some changes, and um, interestingly, what I think is really cool is she had been saying for a number of months, maybe years. She says, "When I pray, my prayers just bounce off the ceiling." She was so discouraged in prayer; she's like, "God doesn't hear them; they bounce off the ceiling." So I came home. I confessed, you know, that I was not leading the family. We prayed together that night for the first time in forever, and. She told me later that night, she said, I didn't no longer, she said, I no longer have a barrier that it was gone. She's like, God's hearing my prayers again. And I thought that was so cool that I realized later that I was in the way of her prayers. I was hindering her prayers. And, um, and so it was, it was a humbling time. And we drove home the next day from Kansas to Dallas. And as we were driving back, I looked at her and I said, Honey, what would you think, what would you think if, if I thought God wanted us to get rid of our TV? And she said, get rid of it. (laughs) I was like, okay. And I was like, oh, I have to follow through with this. (laughs) And we did. We got rid of our TV. Just got rid of it. And then what happened was all of a sudden I had an extra eight hours a day. It was crazy. And, and God started to, um, Give me a love for his word again, just to read his word and to be encouraged by it, to be in it every day. He started to give me a love for prayer at the week of prayer. But that was extending into that next week where I would go into my office and and I have a glass door and, and I was on my knees weeping, praising God and praying for so many people. Um, at that, that next week, that whole next week was a week of prayer for me. Where I went into the week before thinking this is going to be the most boring thing. I spent actually two weeks in prayer. And, and I could tell, I could hear sometimes people would come by and they'd look in and they're probably, I didn't see the reaction, but I'm sure they were just like, I don't know, what's going on with him? We never see that. And I was just, I didn't care who walked in. I didn't, I didn't care what happened. And, and God was working and he was starting to answer, prayers every day. I would pray about something. The next day, something would happen. I would pray, Lord, would you just send someone that I can minister to today? And and a man walked into my office, and he worked with me at the church, and he walked in, and we, we started talking, and, and I was sharing with him a little bit about what God was doing, and he shared some things that were going on in his family. And normally... I'd say, well, I'll pray about that, and he would leave, and I'd go on with my day. And I said, hey, can we pray about this right now? And you know what he said? He said, no. Well, he said, why don't you why don't why don't you pray? He's like, I'm you know I'm kind of busy or whatever. He's like, why don't you pray? So I said, okay, that's, I'm happy to pray. So he stood up, and I put my arm around him, and he started praying. And he prayed for like 20 minutes, and I was just going, whoa, oh, this is awesome. And so he's he's pouring out his heart to the Lord, confessing sin, asking God to help him with things in his family, and in relationships. And and then I prayed for him, and that started a relationship of praying for one another. That's continuing on today. I called him today, and um, told him I was praying for him. Um, those types of things. I started to pursue people in prayer, and I and I told some people that I'm like I'm I'm coming after you. Like, and, and these are people that I, I've known for years, and like I, I go, I see myself in you. I, I know what that look on your face. I've had it before. I've I've been there. I know how desperate you are right now. And and they and they would go, yeah, you're right. Right now, I say I'm coming for you. I'm gonna pursue you. And and in some of those relationships, God's done awesome transformation. And in some of those. Some of those have come along, come a ways, and then they've kind of said, ah, I, "I'm afraid I don't want to go any further," and, and it, it breaks my heart when that happens. But but God is really transforming lives, um, and but but God's work in me. So that's I'm, I'm just in the week two, right? And th- week two was a week of prayer, and. And I told you at the beginning that God brought, had brought me really close. I felt like He kind of grabbed me by the hand and brought me close. And so that's like two weeks. I'm like, if this is what the rest of my life is going to be like, I, I'm all in. This is awesome. And, and, and so on Saturday night, I'm, I'm sitting there and I'm like, I cannot wait for Sunday because I am, I can't wait to share. I can't wait to pray. I can't wait for the service that we're about to have. And I just want to—I want to share about this, and I want to share about this. And I had—I had all these things I was so thankful for that God was doing. And answered prayers. And so that night, my wife and I are sitting on the couch together. This is the hardest part of the story for me to tell, but we're sitting on the couch together, and and we have a wonderful time talking. And and my wife looks at me, and she goes, "You know, I just feel like we've—we've never been this close before." And I was like, "Oh, that's good. Well, that's a great feeling. That my wife is feeling like I'm, I'm seeing her instead of her being invisible. She's here, and we're we're connecting." And I was like, "Yeah, like Lord, I want more of that." And then she stands up and she goes, "I'm going to go to bed." And I said, "Okay." I said, "Well, I'm. I, I think the Lord has something more for me. I want to sit here. I'm gonna. I'm gonna spend some time in the Word." And so I spent some more time just reading and being. Encouraged and just being like, Lord, I, this is, this is wonderful that you would, that you would be so kind to draw me so close to love me like you're loving me. And, um, and then the Lord began to very specifically convict me of some unconfessed sin in my life. And so I, I had, I'm like, Lord, I, We've had, look at these two weeks. They've been so good. We don't need to change anything. We don't need to change anything. Let's just keep going. Let's keep riding this train. And and it was, we got to this point, and it was a very, very specific conviction. And so you know what I did? You would think after two weeks of just being so intimate with the Lord, I would be like, okay, Lord, whatever it is, just let's deal with it. Let's handle it. But But I was like, Nope, gonna change the subject. And I grab my Bible, open it up. I'm like, okay, we're gonna find something to be encouraged about. And and it and I was looking at the Bible, and I I couldn't understand what I was reading. It was it was like I was reading a foreign language or something. I was just like, nothing there. It was like I it it was like God cut it off. And so I closed it up. I set it down, and and I I sat on I I kind of kneeled. You know, forward on the, I was sitting on the couch and I was like, okay, I'm just going to pray. And I tried to pray and I, I couldn't pray. It was, nothing was getting through. And I was tortured because I was disobeying God saying, we want, I want you to deal with this tonight. And I said, no. And I got up and I went to bed and I laid down in bed. And, um, I remember that night, just feeling this pressure on my chest, just so convicted and just burning and just like, and just tossing and turning and thinking this is going to be a miserable night. Lord, what? We can't, we cannot. I don't want to deal with this. And he's like, I want you to deal with this. I said, I don't want to deal with this. And we fought, we wrestled. I felt like I wrestled with God that night. And at one point, I don't know, it was maybe three o'clock in the morning or I finally fell asleep for a moment. And then my son woke up and threw up all over his bed. So I jumped out of bed, took care of that as my wife held my son. And I felt the Lord saying, okay, this is your, this is your opportunity. I said, I will not do it. I will not do it. I felt like the Lord was saying, trust me, Dan. And I was like, I so want to, but I, I'm not with this. And I said, I'm I'm not going to do it. And I covered back up, and I laid there for the rest of the night, did not go back to sleep, and tossed and turned and tossed and turned all night long. I got up in the morning, and I thought, I'm going to try this again. I got my Bible, opened it up, and I'm like, that was just... that I ate something bad last night, didn't sit well with me. I, I was denying this conviction that God was bringing on me, and I... I tried to read the the Bible again. I tried to read the scriptures to be encouraged, and I got nothing. I closed it up. I tried to pray again. I got nowhere with that, trying to connect with God. And it was just this still, this, Dan, you have to address this now. And so I said, well, I said, okay, I will do it. And I I walked back to the bedroom because I had to talk to my wife. This was part of what God was asking me to do was to confess sin to my wife it was threefold to my wife to my friend scott here and to my church and so i i went into the bedroom i'm like i don't know how to start this conversation this is painful and i i said i I walked in i'm like my wife said i noticed that you didn't sleep last night i i don't know what i looked like but it probably looked rough i said yeah and she said, um, "Was something bothering you?" I said, "Yeah." And she says, "Do you know what it was?" And I said, "Yeah." And she says, "Can you tell me?" And I said, "Yeah, yeah, I can tell you." I said, "I have to tell you." And so she sat down on the bed. The kids were still asleep, and uh, and I told her. I said, "Honey, I said, I, I've struggled." Throughout our marriage at times with pornography. And uh, I, I, I said, I confess that to the Lord. And, and I said, I, I don't want that to be in my life. I said, but the Lord has shown me that I have wronged you. And I need to ask you to forgive me. And, and you know, in my mind, I'm playing out all the worst scenarios. She's going to get the kids and leave, or she's going to hate me the rest of my life, or she's going to do this, and all of those things. I was, I was terrified, could happen. And so I said, "Honey, I'm. I need you to forgive me." And so, she looked at me, and I will never forget the look in her eyes. It was, it was grace. It was like looking into the eyes of Christ. This is the only way I can explain it. And she said, "She said, honey, of, of course I forgive you. She said, if, I just wish you had told me sooner so we could pray about this together. So we could have helped you with this rather than you just struggling on your own. And so I, I felt a, a major peace at that moment and I immediately, I texted Scott. Because through the years, um, Scott's uh, known about this struggle. I said, Scott, I need you to Pray for me. You know, ask me how I'm doing. Accountability—that's the key, right? And, and and there was a time when Scott asked me how I was doing, and and I said, "Great, I'm doing fine. I'm doing fine with that." And uh, that was a lie. I lied to my friend. And then he goes on in the conversation. And he said, "Did did you just lie to me?" And I was like, "What? <laughs> no, no, I'm doing good." So I lied to him twice. So I I sent him a text message. And I said, brother, I said, you have to, you have to forgive me. I said, I, I lied to you when you asked me this. And, um, and, and I need your forgiveness. And, and I got in the car, um, and I went to church because I knew there was one more step that still had to be done. And as I sat there through the worship service, I got a text from Scott and he said, brother, I forgive you. He said, I'm never going to bring it up again. I'm not going to ever hold it against you. He says, I love you. I felt that measure of peace. And I was feeling like, man, how, how is it that people can be so gracious to me? And then I didn't know how my church would respond. But I got up at the end. We had a time of prayer. And I told them just what I told you. I shared that with them. And I looked at everybody that I could, everybody in the eye, every boy, girl, Man, woman, everyone. And I said, I, I've wronged you. You, you. you trusted me to have, be a leader. And I said, I, in these areas, I failed. And, and I said, I, I just need you to forgive me. And I said, I, I, I accept any um, consequences, I, anything. I just, I just want to walk with the Lord. I want to be intimate with him. And I want to obey him. And this is what he's asked me to do. And and several of the men came up and they surrounded me and they they hugged me and they said, "Dan, we love you, and and we're going to pray for you and we're going to pray with you and we're going to we're going to help you through this." And and it was it was done at that point. That that was that night. I don't ever remember a time in my life being that emotionally drained at the at the end of a church service. And uh, and I went home and guess what? I had the intimacy back with the Lord. I had cleared the slate. I, I remember uh, after that, as, as the as the men sat down, and I, I turned to walk, and then I, I grabbed the microphone and I said what I was feeling, and I said, "I'm free. I'm free," and because and I knew at that point that I didn't have uh, unconfessed sin in my life anymore. I didn't have any any secrets that the enemy might use against me, and it was just all out there. And I had been praying. In fact, for for a number of years, when I did pray, I said, Lord, I hate this. I hate this in my life. Um, Will you somehow use it for your glory? Somehow. And and we've watched God be using this for his glory. And a number of um, young men and young women being set free from this kind of bondage. And... um, so I'm I'm so excited that, that God's brought us here. I I'm tomorrow gonna share with you really about some of the other things that I'm so encouraged by. Some of the things in my family that have changed. It wasn't it's not just me that changed, but but God totally transformed my wife. And I, I never once had to go to her and said, Okay, now we're gonna work on this with you. Because I know there's this issue here that you need to... No, not once. We started praying together. And and God convicted her of things that she needed to deal with. One by one by one. Week after week after week for a while. Until it was all gone. So that my wife and I all of a sudden were having this intimacy. My Lord and I all of a sudden were having this intimacy. So that, and I've said this many times... I mean this, I would rather die than go back to where I was in that dry place. Remember we started in Jeremiah chapter 17 and I was that shrub in the desert. It was a parched place. The fruit in my life was drying up and, and, and that was a tough place to live. But, but I want you to look at the next two verses. Verses 7 and 8 of Jeremiah 17. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose trust is in the Lord. He is like a tree planted by water that sends out its roots by the stream and does not fear when heat comes. For its leaves remain green and it's not anxious in the year of drought. For it does not cease to bear fruit. And I really feel like I had a major... Change. This transformation was from me um, doing what I wanted to do, having these idols in my life, and not being willing to change them, to saying, Okay, God, I'm going to let go of all that. And you take whatever you want. Inviting God, say, God, you take anything you need. Because I want to be a man that trusts in you. And I want to be a man who is blessed by you, who is um, planted by the stream. So that I can produce fruit. I want to produce fruit. One more verse. Psalm 16. Verse 11. You make known to me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. The Lord has really taught me in this last year that there is nothing except the Lord that can satisfy us. You know, I tried to find satisfaction by watching more and more TV, and and, and that didn't satisfy. But I wasn't turning to the Lord, so I looked for something else, and that didn't satisfy. What was next? What was next? Only... The presence of the Lord satisfies perfectly. Every day, though. It's an everyday thing. I've asked a lot of young men who I've met with recently when they've said, man, I'm struggling with this, or I'm struggling with that. I've said, well, describe to me your prayer life. And um, we'll talk about that more tomorrow. But I want you to think about that question as we leave tonight or as we go into a time of prayer what is your prayer life like? Do you spend time with the Lord? Do you? Some of these guys say, well, I, I, it's so hard. I I work and I go to school and I've got church and I've got this and I've got that. And I say, you got to carve out the time. you got to carve out the time. Make it a priority. Whether you're 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15 years old, whatever age you are, whether you're one of the older ones in the body here, it's making time for the Lord so that no sin, whatever it might be, can creep in. Let's go to the Lord again. Father, I want to pray um, just to start us off and give you thanks for a, a great work that you did in my life. And I want to give you thanks that you're willing to do that work in the lives of any, any of your children. Lord, you want us to walk with you You want us to spend time with you. Lord, you want to shepherd us. You want to nurture us. You want to fill us and give us what we need, our daily bread. You want to help us, Lord, to overcome the things of this world. Father, I give you thanks for the Lord Jesus Christ who makes that all possible. We we give you thanks for your spirit that lives within us, that helps us, who walks with us, who guides us. Father, I pray that you will bring us to the place where there is nothing in our life that hinders our walk with you. In Jesus' name, amen.